How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey there, Disney Files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet to record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Ladies and gentlemen, the President will now be here to answer any questions. Uh, well, thank you all for coming. I, I do have time for a couple of questions. You, yeah, you there. Stackers from CNN. The people want to know, what is the best Disney song? That's all the time I have for today. Thank you very much. Mr. Mr. President, you, you, can't, you can't walk away from this. Mr. Mr. President... Hello, hello. Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. And on this show, we'll be breaking each Disney classic down song by song in an attempt to answer the impossible question. What is the best Disney song? All right, I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. You look confused. I feel like that's a super famous quote. It is a super famous quote. Are you joking? I Star Wars, Yoda. Oh, that's why I don't know it. Uh, but you, I know that quote. Are you one of those people that doesn't love Star Wars with everything that you There's are? There's the gold dude and the big squishy, ugly oh, boy. slug dude. <laughs> one of them's named R2-D2. It's oh. one of the robots. <laughs> I'm suddenly very sad. <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm well. I just crushed a spider that was slowly descending yeah. in front of my face <laughs> as we started that introduction. But apart from that, I'm good. How yeah. are you? I'm very well. Uh, I I think I was just saying just before um, we went on mic that I've just my my time management has not been great lately. I feel like I'm rushing around a lot. There's a lot going on in my personal life which <laughs> I won't get into. But yeah, there's just a lot happening at the moment. I think I'm just exhausted. Mm. Yeah, how about yourself? You finished up your show? Yep, I am also exhausted. I yeah. just finished playing the leading lady in a musical. Uh, I was doing If Then mm-hmm. in Melbourne, Victoria, where we are based. Yep, and uh, I was playing Elizabeth, and basically it's a role that never leaves the stage. Yeah, so. I was very <laughs> surprised. Like even though it kind of made sense i was like oh she literally goes off to change and that and then comes back on like there is no stopping yeah that that was an incredibly uh it what am i trying to say it must have been incredibly draining experience but also quite rewarding average time for a costume change about seven seconds no joke um (laughs) but yeah incredibly rewarding but i'm very glad to be able to cook a meal. Yes. Now. Um, <laughs> Basic nutrition <laughs> feels good. <laughs> Mind you, I went through a lot of like Cole's healthy chef yeah. meals and yeah. things. Like I was like, I yeah. know I can't do this on carbs. I want to. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can't just I, have I could just night. be a potato yeah. running machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. 
you know what? I could probably be. Uh, oh, what's the, what's the dad's name in the movie we're discussing today? Maurice. Maurice. I could be a Maurice machine, the chopping machine, but just running on potatoes. Yeah. That could that could one hundred percent be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw um, that you started watching The Walking Dead. I did. Yeah. How are you finding it? Look, we've just hit the second season. We're like two or three episodes in. Yep. Um, it's good. There's some characters in it that are very annoying. Yeah. Like yeah. some moments that are like, we get it. It's yeah. dramatic. Move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's one of those like no-brainer, we'll just chuck it on shows because yeah. we've just finished Manifest, which is another stupid show, but yeah. you want to know what happens. Sure. This is kind of the same thing. Have, have you watched it? I did a thing a couple of years ago where I was like, I haven't, I've never watched past like season one and I need to watch it because everyone was talking about it. I think it was yeah. around about – might have been five years ago now when like the there was like season seven was really something had everyone happened. was really yeah. into it and they're like, Oh my god, you gotta watch it. And so I started from the start and it the, the it was a little bit of a slog at first, but then it got really good. And then I hit season six, I think it was, and I just stopped watching. I, I don't yeah. know why. I get I get bored easily, I think. Right. Cause I, yeah. I asked a few people, you know, is it worth it? My friend Rob said, season one's great. I, I stopped watching it season six. Yeah. Just be aware, season two to six, there is no plot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, okay. It's like they fight each other, they fight other people, they fight mm. dead people, and they just do that over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the biggest problem I had with those mid-seasons was that it felt like anything that had been building up to a season finale was then just immediately resolved, like the next episode. And yeah. you feel like, oh, okay, this is going to be a big plot point for next season. Awesome. It do- It's not. It just gets resolved the next episode and you're like, oh, so what is the point of this season then? Yeah. yeah. Like the, the finale of season one, you know, someone dies. Mm. And I was like, I don't care. Like, yeah. have we, are we meant to, I feel like we didn't, I barely know who that is. Like, I was like am I meant to care yeah, about yeah. this? <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like when The Walking Dead first started, it was in like a weird time when we were getting all this amazing TV starting up. So like Game of Thrones started around yeah. about the same time and all this sort of stuff. And then, yeah, then we had like obviously this really disappointing final season to Game of Thrones and <laughs> Walking Dead has just kept going for, for some reason. Yeah. Like I don't think even the main characters are in it anymore. I think it's a completely new cast or something. So That wouldn't surprise me because they're up to like season 11, 10 or, 11. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which I think is the final season that they're planning, but I think it's – Starting, oh, yeah, it's still running, yeah, right, but yeah, so that's uh, that's The Walking Dead. But look, we're not here to dissect all manner of undead creatures and TV shows and movies, although that would be pretty dope. <laughs> we are here to talk about beauty, beauty and, and the, the beast. Nope. Again, <laughs> it, it started again, and I wanted to let it go because it's just such a beautiful. Oh, what a pro! What do you call it? Like a motif, or like that that sort of. Doo, doo, yeah, it's doo. the magic motif. The magic motif. It's so beautiful, and I think that's something that really surprised me about the rewatch because um, I watched it last night. Mm. Is that it is a beautiful movie. It looks stunning. The mm. music is incredible, um, and it's just. It's one of those movies. I, I I remember loving it as a kid. I don't know how often I've watched it as even a you know a teen to adult. I don't think I've watched it in twenty plus you know twenty five years or something. Wow. And it is so good. It is beautiful. Yeah. I watched this with Tim because now he's like you're past the shit ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and he set it up and it started and he walked away and the Disney logo thing comes up and I was mm. like, this is like a modern... Di- Tim, which version are we watching? He's like, oh, I didn't want to watch the animation. <laughs> I was like, put it on! <laughs> like, we're, we're not, not watching, watching Emma action. Watson, damn it, no. Tim. <laughs> um, that being said, there are some beautiful things about the live action. We'll probably talk about that in a bit. Yeah, um, there are. What stunned me, though, was that... So this movie is like an hour and a half, yeah. tight hour and a half. It doesn't drag. It happens. And then the the little preview, because I watched it on Disney+, Plus and it comes up with the preview for whatever they want you to watch next, and yeah. it was the live-action Beauty and the Beast, and that's two hours and 20 minutes. Dude, do you remember Dumbo? <laughs> I, I didn't watch the live-action Dumbo, so... The animation's like five minutes, and yeah, the live-action's yeah, like yeah. three hours. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just, I'm genuinely stunned, because I don't remember enough about that movie to go, oh, yeah, they, well, they added, added in so much stuff. I just Remember the thing about the map or the book, whatever it was, oh, and they could travel yeah, and you saw the thing about the plague. Paris or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and the Beast had a song. I remember really loving the Beast song. Mm-mm. It's really nice when it's sung by Josh Groban. Oh, yeah. It's really nice if you shut your eyes. If you yeah. want to watch, like, your favourite video game character sing a song for three and a half minutes, you can watch it. Yeah, we've come a long way in motion capture since then. <laughs> um, and they actually added two songs in there as well. There was How okay. Does the Moment Last Forever, which is so pretty. Yeah. And... Um, there's another one that's also very days in the sun. Da, 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 da. And Audra McDonald just like rips out this beautiful verse in that. And yeah. uh, I'm actually obsessed with those two songs. I don't yeah. love the bass song, but those two I think are very pretty. Well, maybe we'll discuss it one day yeah. on the pod. On the pod. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I don't remember any of those songs. I just remember the bass song. That's mm. all. So, yeah. But yeah, um, I I was genuinely stunned by how p- pretty this movie is. The second it starts, and you've got that foresty like scape, I was just like, oh Jesus! I think I actually turned to Angie and said, "Holy shit, this is a looks incredible." Yeah, yeah. And why? Because this is the first movie to use the caps system. Yeah. So now we're using um basically CGI yeah. stuff. The characters are still hand drawn. Yeah. And this is the first movie to use caps after the rescuers. But yeah, like okay. we don't care. Who cares about the rescuers? In the rescuers it was it was used in like two scenes, I think yeah. something. It was mainly the inside of Big Ben, whereas this it's everywhere and you can see yeah. it in its full glory in that ballroom scene. Yeah, I was gonna say it that's looks the like only a camera's really just swinging it. around yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And it looks so three dimensional. Yeah. Deep and like uh it's stunning. That, that ballroom scene, by the way, the the way they animate the um the reflection in the floor. Yeah. I was just, it, my mind was blown. Yep. I was stunned. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, for me, this is um, unashamedly my favourite, favourite Disney mm. movie. Um, and then I sort of go, it's my favourite Renaissance Disney movie because I am a huge, huge fan, probably equally of Moana now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this was my hands down favourite mm. movie as a kid. And I think, um, I was trying to think like, because I really loved the, the Little Mermaid last week. Yeah, yeah. And that also gets me really, like, sentimental. And I thought, why didn't I love The Little Mermaid? Like, why wasn't that my favourite? Yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe because Belle looked like me. Like, she had yeah, brown yeah, okay. hair. Yeah, yeah. I remember, <laughs> I don't think my mum even knows this, I grabbed a bit of my hair and cut it with scissors <laughs> so I'd have, like, this one strand. Yeah, yeah. Because she always, like, gets that one strand out of her face. Mm. If you do it in real life, it's just, like, a dead bit of hair, yeah. like, hanging yeah. in your eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but That's very cute yeah. by the way oh, uh, really? shout out to stacker's mum <laughs> hi mum you can't get mad at me i was like 10 um 
But I think I think that's why. And then it got me like spiraling into, oh, you know, kids of color. Mm. Did they have someone, you know, who wasn't like Mulan if you weren't yeah, Asian? Yeah. You know, that's probably why Princess and the Frog was such a big deal. And then she was a frog for ninety mm. percent of the movie and it all started like hitting me. Yeah. Because I had Belle and I was like, she looks like me. That's that's yeah. me. You know, and yeah. she was like a strong, smart girl. And I mm. thought I was a strong smart girl. <laughs> I really liked reading back then. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've watched this. Quite a few times, Tim reminded me, he's like, Stace, we've watched this and the live action since we've been together. So <laughs> we haven't been together that long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah, I love this movie. I really love it too. Like, I don't remember loving it this much as a kid. Um, yeah, obviously Aladdin 2 and 3 were my uh, my movies of choice <laughs> as a child. Um, but uh, I, the stage show of Beauty and the Beast was the first professional show that I ever went to. Oh, wow. And so I went to the one in in Melbourne with Hugh Jackman as Gaston. And um, I remember my tiny mind being blown. Also very disappointed at like very strange small details, which we'll get into later. But I remember like my brain being like, I can't get over the fact that this isn't in it. But Jesus, like like, obviously I was a kid, I wasn't saying (laughs) Jesus. But like I I was literally, like the transformation at the end of that stage show, I was like, how did they do that? I wish I remembered it. I yeah. think you're you're like marginally older. I was maybe seven or eight. Yeah, I think I was like four or five. Yeah. Um, I only remember I remember the castle turning around. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I was in the front row. I remember I got a booster seat. Yeah. I could. Why couldn't I replace that with a memory of the actual show? I remember yeah. I felt really <laughs> special because I got a cushion <laughs> in the front row. Um, and I went with my mom and I think like maybe a cousin. Yeah. Two. Okay. Um. And I remember, you know, Mum swooning, swooning over Hugh Jackman. Yeah, but that's it. I don't, yeah. I don't remember anything else. I, I think I remember being yeah. disappointed the dress didn't look like the dress from the movie. That's yeah, it. okay. Because I'm obsessed with the dress from the movie. You want to hear what I was disappointed about? Yeah. In Belle, when she sits on the fountain and the the sheep the come sheep. around her and the sheep bites the book. Yeah. There was no sheep. <laughs> I was so hung up on that detail. I was like, in the movie, a sheep eats the book. Why is she just showing it to this person? (laughs) You can just imagine little eight-year-old me like, why is this happening? Sheep. <laughs> Can you imagine people just bringing on sheep yeah. for just five seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, oh, that little chunky kid in the fifth row is so uh, satisfied. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So before we dive into anything, should yeah. we? Uh, should we get drinking? All right, stackers. This week we are drinking the Enchanted Rose. Um, After forgetting a drink for the last episode, I'm very happy to be back drinking with you again this week. Um, So the Enchanted Rose, um, it's a a mix on the uh, Chambord cocktail. If anyone knows what Chambord is, it's basically like a black raspberry liqueur. It's very sweet. Um, So you put in equal parts Chambord and vodka. I've opted for a uh, 30 millimetres of each, but you can adjust that based on whether you're using a rocks glass or a Collins glass. We have a Collins, uh, a rocks glass, so if you have a Collins glass, go for a bit more. Um, equal parts vodka and Chambord, and then top it off with uh, a usually a lemonade, but we didn't have any lemonade, so I've gone for a Fever Tree Mediterranean Tonic, and I've garnished with some blueberries. And that's the Enchanted Rose. Cheers. I'm excited. 
<laughs> After making you drink the uh, the tea cocktail a couple of weeks ago, I'm glad that you enjoy that one. Still haven't forgiven you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that one was like little sip, put it down, don't touch it again. This was like sip. Ooh, big, big sip. sip. <laughs> <laughs> That's very yummy. Yeah, it's um, if you use lemonade, it does come out quite a bit sweeter because yeah. we've gone for the tonic. It's a little bit less sweet, but I actually think it works. I don't really, mind it. Really it's really nice. nice. Yeah. I have to get me some Chambord. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty bottle too. Mm, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's our drink. That's the Enchanted Rose. All right. Let's jump into some stats with stackers. Every time I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. The year is 1991. The music and lyrics are by. Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, respectively, and the score is by Alan Menken. Mm. In the cast, we've got Paige O'Hara as Belle, Robbie Benson as The Beast, Richard White as Gaston, Jerry Orbuck as Lumiere, David Ogden Steers, I believe that's how you say his surname, as Cogsworth, <laughs> Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts, mm. Bradley Pierce as Chip, and does anyone really care about the rest? Mm. Yeah. There were other people, I'm sure they're fabulous, I don't mm. mean to offend, but. Mm. We have limited time. Yeah. Um, Of note in there, something I found really interesting about Paige O'Hara. Yeah. In her Wikipedia page, it says, internationally, O'Hara appeared as Nellie, is it Forbush? Yes. Appeared as Nellie Forbush in South Pacific in Australia. Really? (laughs) I was like, ah. Interesting. Okay. I also, yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. Interesting. Um, uh, yay, go Australia. Go Australia? Yeah. It didn't say what year or anything. And when I saw it, it definitely wasn't her. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, okay. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, Robbie Benson, who played the Beast, directed six episodes of Friends. Okay. But yep. most importantly, he's an absolute silver fox. Is mm. he? Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did he appear in Friends? Like, No, he just directed okay. six of them. Well, has he been in anything episodes. else then? Um, I don't know. No, uh, no. Nah, we, I'll look it up. <laughs> I just remember watching a lot of um, interviews with him on like talk shows for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Um, Jerry Orbach, or, or is it Orbach or Back? Or or Back. Or Back. I think he's a Broadway legend. He's yeah. been in names bloody very everything. Yeah. He has a list of Broadway credits longer than my arm. He was also Lenny on Law and Order, and I remember watching that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very recognisable face. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David Ogden Stiers, I cannot say his surname, uh, who played Cogsworth. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, did you ever watch MASH? Yeah. He was Major Charles Emerson Winchester III. Yeah, indeed. okay. Yeah, right. I figured a few people would, uh, would know that. What I didn't realise, he is the narrator at the start of this movie. Oh, like, no way. It was a prince who had no heart. Do, do, do. Very different That's voices. him. Yeah, that, that's how incredible. crazy is that's it? A, that's incredible work. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, coming up, he's also Governor Rat- Ratcliffe in Pocahontas and um, oh. one of the guys in Hunchback of Notre Dame as well. But I just couldn't believe that's his. this is his Once voice. Once upon a time, in a faraway land, a young prince lived in a shining castle. Crazy. Sounds like it's like this is my big man mm. burly voice. And this then... is my big voice. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize.
realise he also voiced Alma Fudd. I must have missed that oh, in, the, wow. in the Wikipedia. Angela Lansbury was Mrs. Potts. Mm. She is recognised as the earliest surviving Academy Award nominee. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And one of the last surviving stars from the golden age of Hollywood cinema. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's been around a long time. I adore her in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yep, a film we may cover one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember her mostly. My, my nana was obsessed with Murder, she wrote. I was going to say. Yeah, so that's what I know her from. But yeah. also Bedknobs and Broomsticks, but uh, I haven't seen that in probably 30 years. So, so good. Um, Bradley Pierce, who played Chip, was also Peter Shepard in Jumanji. You know, the boy and the girl? Oh. That's him. Okay. Him and, is yeah. it Kirsten Dunn? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is. yeah. That's him. Which is kind of wow. cool. Okay. He's the one that turns into the monkey, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Which cool. Which bared a striking similarity to the way they did Jennifer Hudson in Cats. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also was one of the original voices of Tails in Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, and Pete Lender in the Borrowers. Did you ever watch the Borrowers? No, growing I, up? I didn't. Oh, yeah. they were like little tiny people, and they'd steal like, you know, things you'd leave on your desk, like paper clips and yeah. things, and they'd build things. They were called the oh, Borrowers. Oh, such a cute. That sounds cute. Yeah. Uh, that was like around the like Honey I Shrunk the Kids days. Yeah. You know? Obsessed. Obsessed. Um, Another uh, noteworthy mention is Jesse Corty. He plays LeFou. He was the original Kofiak in Les Mis. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Is that the one that's, is it Kofiak? You take the watch? Yes. Yeah. That was him. He took the watch. The original guy that took the watch. He fucking, I bet he smashed the shit out of that watch. (laughs) (laughs) I just see the rabbit and the Mad Hatter smashing the watch. He smashed the shit out of that watch. Um, so yeah, that's basically that's basically it. Richard White, who played Gaston, also was just a Broadway superstar. Yeah, he's got he, an incredible he's got that list. Voice. He's got that, that voice. voice. When you hear him yeah. right from the moment that I'm out, I'm like, oh, that voice. I tried singing that last night after it, and I cannot get that same baritone, <sighs> bassy timber. It's just so deep and strong and rich. Oh, it's beautiful. God. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Um, on the... Uh, uh, song list, songs mm-hmm. that you may recognise, most notably probably the title song Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Uh, second to that, the most familiar is probably Be Our Guest, which yep. is the big, big banger of the, the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it came to awards, this one's quite important. What do you think it was nominated for? Okay. Surely it was nominated for Best Original Song. Yes, it was. And Score. Yes, it was. Uh, how many more? It was a pretty big one. Animated film? Very first Academy Award nomination for Best Picture. Yeah. But it did not win. Fuck off. What won? What do you think won? 1991. Oh. Is it going to be? It's not going to. No. Sorry. They didn't have animated picture back then. It was Best Picture. Oh, okay. So it it was in with all the live action stuff. Yes, it was. And it would have been 91. It would have been. Been is it Silence of the Lambs? Is it that year? You are so good at this. Mate, I'm a bit of a nerd. Ding ding okay. ding! <laughs> yeah. Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture that year, yeah. and you just can't think of those two films no, side by side. Cannot. Who is like sitting down to work out these who wins and gone? Oh yeah, Silence of the Lambs. We can definitely compare that to uh, Beauty, <laughs> Beauty and the, and the Beast. Beast. Yes, yes. It was actually 
the only animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture yeah. until 2009, but that's because in 2009 they expanded the list of nominations from five to ten. Oh, okay. And so it yeah. started picking yeah. up a few right. animated features. So it's still the only animated film to ever be nominated when there's only five films, which is a pretty big thing. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, Did it win any of those? Yes. It won Best Score. Oh. Beautiful. And it also won Best Song. Ah. Three of the songs were nominated. What were they? Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Uh, Be Our Guest. No. No. Uh, Gaston. Yes. And the Mob Song. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to be Bell then. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. one won? It has to be Beauty and the Beast. It was. Yeah, okay. Yep, yeah. so Beauty and the Beast won. They don't allow, I can't remember when they changed this, you can't have three songs from the same film anymore because yeah. Disney was just fucking dominating. Yeah. yeah. So now you can only have two. Right. Um. But, yeah, back then you could have three and that's why uh, they've got three. But, yeah, surprisingly, B, I guess, not there. Yeah. Can't explain why, given Under the Sea won the yeah. previous year. Yeah, interesting. I am... Um, I seem to recall a fact, and this may be incorrect. You may check me on it or we may not come back to it for another time, but I don't think there's another Disney movie nominated for Best Song until this year. Incorrect. Incorrect? Okay. okay. Oh, I ignore me. I'm not as big a nerd as I thought I was. I'm still trying I, to... I am 99% <laughs> sure I'm, I'm right in yeah, saying yeah. incorrect. Okay. I'm still trying to imagine a world where Silence of the Lambs and Beauty and the Beast exist together. It's, just, it's kind of, Definitely it's, until this year is incorrect, but I can think of a number that have yeah. received a nomination. Okay. Um, Hello, Gaston. <laughs> it was the first musical in 12 years to get a, a nomination for Best Picture. Okay. So 12 years prior to this, there was another so, film that was a musical that got nominated for Best Picture it's a bit of an obscure one. 1979. Is it going to be like Kiss Me Kate or something like that? No, it's obscure. It's a dance film. Oh, a chorus line? It's no. about a choreographer. It's a whack film. I've watched mm. it before. No, i got no idea. All That Jazz. Have you ever oh, seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. Fosse. Yeah. So that got a nomination 12 years prior. And there wasn't another. So it was 1991. There was not another movie musical nominated yeah. For 10 years. In Shit. 2001, there was another movie musical nominated for Best Picture. What was it? 2001. Uh, oh, Chicago. No, that's 2002. Shrek? No, because it's not a musical yet. It's Think what opened the, the gate. The gate on movie musicals was shut for a very long time. Something opened it and then Chicago happened. What opened the gate? Well, I have, I can't. Australian director. Oh, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Yeah, so there okay. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. So it still holds the record for the most nominations received by an animated film. It yep. ties with another animated film. Oh. I'm really testing your you brain are, tonight. You are. There uh, is another animated film that has the same amount of nominations, which is one, two, three, four, five. Yep. Six, because it was also nominated for Best Sound. Six nominations. I'll give you a clue. It's not a musical animation. What year? Mid-2000s. Is it a Pixar? Yes. It is... 
up? No. Toy, don't like Toy Story 2. Futuristic dystopia. Oh, Wally. Wally. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They've both gone. So this was also nominated for Best Sound, but it lost to another movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In 1991. Uh,. Is it the best picture? Is it Silence of the Lambs? It's not Silence of the Lambs. It was an action movie. Uh, it was a sequel. Lethal Weapon 2? No. It was... Was he a robot? He might have been a robot. Robocop? What do you call someone who can, like, turn into... Did he turn into... Was he a robot? He ran for governor at some point. Oh, <laughs> Terminator 2, Terminator Judgment 2. Day. Okay, yeah. Is he a robot or can he turn yeah. into a robot? No, nah, he is a robot. He yeah. is a robot, yeah. So it lost best sound. Living tissue over <laughs> a metal skeleton. <laughs> and um, it also was the first Golden Globe win for best picture. So it won yeah. at the Golden Globes. Okay, yeah, cool. So, yeah, there was a lot of... <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> lot of great movies stuff. happening yeah. at that time, yeah. It also won the so it won the Golden Globe for Best Picture Musical Slash Comedy. Yep, okay. And it won for Best Song, Beauty and the Beast. Be Our Guest was nominated at the Golden yep. Globes. Right, okay, yep, yep. Which is interesting. Interesting choice, yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Also had a kick-ass pop cover. <laughs> it was Celine Dion and some dude. <laughs> Uh, Taylor's hottest time. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, coming soon on Patreon.com slash Dissecting Disney. Yes! We have a f- very fun idea, we um, which we're excited idea. to get into it. So join us over there, Patreon.com slash Dissecting Disney. That's us. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically all the, like, awardy stuff. Mm. Um, should we do the original story or should we? Oh, look, for those of you who've never watched it before. Yeah. So this is straight off the, like, Disney, I don't know, it's what comes up when you type it into Google. And just because yeah. we had so much fun with it last time, I've just left it like this. So, sure, sure. <clears throat> an arrogant young prince oh. and his castle servants fall under the spell of a wicked enchantress <laughs> who turns him into a hideous beast until he learns to be loved, to love and be loved in return. That's literally, I'm halfway through now. That's the first, like two minutes of the movie, yeah. but that's half of this synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> the spirited, headstrong village girl Belle enters the Beast's castle after he imprisons her father Maurice. With the help of his enchanted servants, including the matronly Mrs Potts, Belle begins to draw the cold-hearted Beast out of his isolation. Lovely. Uh, a very interesting uh, use of uh, adge- adjectives there. An arrogant young prince. Did you do... Any of the maths in this show, in this movie. Yeah. So this is um, something the live action mm. fixed. Yeah. The problem is Chip. Yes. So because Lumia has a lyric, 10 years we've been rusting. Yeah. Chip is definitely not even 10 yet. Yeah. Or if he might just have turned 10. I assumed that the, um, this is just my head cannon, so this may be disproven, but I assumed that the uh, utensils, in the castle just stopped aging. I didn't assume that about the prince. I assumed that the, uh, that the utensils stopped aging. So 
even though they've been there 10 years. And maybe this fixes my issue with it as well because he did say 10 years that they've been rusting. Yeah. They also say at the start of it that the Rose is going to die on his 21st, 21st birthday, birthday, making him 11. 11. <laughs> and, of course, a punk little 11-year-old is going to turn away some haggard old woman and he's going to be like, oh, gross, snow lady. Have you, have you have you seen kids these days? I mean, I'm amazed you even opened the door. Yeah. Um, Mom, the door. <laughs> yeah, so they fixed that. There, mm. there was two major issues. One is, yeah, the prince was obviously 11 and Chip wasn't yeah, born, question yeah, mark. Yeah. So there was some weird teapot action going on there. <laughs> um, hey, Mrs. Butt. The hey. second weird thing is when she puts Chip in the cupboard with like 20 other teacups and says, off to the cupboard with your brothers and sisters. Um. Um, okay. Mrs. Uh, Potts got big A. <laughs> the third one is, does nobody miss these people? Yeah. Like, how did the town not freak the fuck out? Yeah, and that's it. Like, no one seems to know about this castle. Yeah. And 10 years is like, not Like, was no one enough. related to them? Yeah. Or, like, did they all live there? So people just, like, ignored yeah. that... This is oh, all hey, things. Oh, I remember when your brother was a, a chef up in the castle. Where did he, where did he, he go? Is he still alive? Where like, did he go? He yeah, just, carrying on. <laughs> like, I feel like the mob song would have come a lot earlier. Yes. So the live action changes 10 years we've been rusting to many years we've yeah. been rusting. Yeah, okay. There is no mention of Chip's brothers and sisters. Yeah. And the prologue says she cast a spell on the castle and er- erased the memory of them from anyone who yeah, knew them. Okay. It's like, so that, makes a bit more that sense. fixes yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it, though. Maybe they stop aging once they became enchanted. That fixes that in my head. But even so, like, this is, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Have you ever seen the comic of Chip turning back into a human and, like, half his head's missing? (laughs) (laughs) I'll find it somewhere and I'll put it on the socials and I'll I'll, uh, I'll, um, credit the artist. But, yeah, he turns back and he's like, is that my brain? And, like, half of his skull's missing. (laughs) There's just so many questions, like... Did the beast have any appliances or crockery yeah. in his house yeah, before they before. all became people? Because there's there's a lot of yeah. them be, be our guest, but yeah. like, do you have any actual plates, or are you just eating off people's faces when you? <laughs> Everyone comes back and he's like, oh, well, we got to go to IKEA, guys. I mean... <laughs> Beating the beast too. They go yeah, to the, the IKEA. travel to IKEA. <laughs> yeah. We've all seen that. What, what was? Oh God, it wasn't called Buzzfeed. You know that thread thing. People used to post like threads before Reddit. It was um, uh, a website. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Started with T, I think. Anyway, anyway, yeah. There's just <laughs> this is a lot of questionable things in this film yeah. that you just kind of yeah. need to need to overlook. So, what um, the beast's dick looks like. There's a lot of questionable <laughs> things in this film. <laughs> so I've um, I've read the original story. Okay. Yep. Well it, done. It's a. Uh, it's it's not too too bad a read, not too bad. But um, I actually forgot to read it until I came here. Yep. And I was in the middle of a food court, mm. so I pulled it up on my phone and hand wrote the original synopsis. For those listening at home, I've just been handed a wax sealed <laughs> scroll. Um, I'm about to unfurl it. And there we go. Oh, look at this cursive writing. It's it's delightful. I hope the ink didn't smudge. Oh, yeah. uh, yes, the, the setting sand is still on it. I'm just brushing that away. <clears throat> la Belle et la Bête 
was written by, I'm very sorry to any French listeners, uh, was written by Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve in 1740. So in truth, this really is a tale as old as time. She's good. That's uh, yeah, good. Good one. Good one. Um, in a country far away lives a very rich merchant with 12 very spoilt children, six boys and six girls. All within the first page, their house and all of their belongings burn to the ground and the merchant ship sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Now they're poor. Page two. <laughs> because they're broke, everyone now hates them, so they move and got to work. The girls are all upset about wearing rags and doing labour, all except one. She's all cheery and shit, so they call her the beauty. Pulling a real Cinderella, the fella gets rich again, so sets off to town. All of the sisters ask him for glitz and glamour. Beauty simply asks him for his safe return. He's like, nah, ask for something. So she asks for him to bring back a rose. On the road, the father gets caught in a snowstorm and nearly dies of pneumonia. He then stumbles across a giant palace. After he falls asleep in a chair, he wakes up to a giant beast, uh, a giant feast, uh, a giant feast before him. He can't see anyone, so he starts shouting his thanks everywhere, then loots the castle. <laughs> wow. Thanks for the feed. Thanks for the feed. Uh, quick, in the back. Yeah. Um, just as the little thief is making his exit, he stops at the gate to grab a rose. Enter the beast. That's why you don't ask for anything except safe return. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the father starts crying and banging on about his innocent daughter who wanted a rose. The beast tells him he will set him free if he sends um, if he sends one of his bootylicious daughters in return. <laughs> the daughter must come willingly. <laughs> <laughs> or the father must return alone to live in the gift cage forever. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much. It just did. Well done. Well written. Um, after he's left, the father realises he's being a total dick and should have just stayed instead of sacrificing a daughter. But the horse has been bewitched, so he must travel home. The daughters all cry in despair about the deal, but Beauty, being all, if I didn't ask for a rose, you'd be fine, volunteers to go. So the second scroll just needs to be unfurled. <laughs> Um, the merchant drops off his daughter in exchange for some presents for his si for her siblings and leaves. Beauty goes to her room and cries. The beast comes in to console her with a nice upfront, I love you. And she asks what she can do to make him happy. Oh, Stockholm Syndrome, you old devil, you. Yeah, this movie is full of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> he asks her to be grateful and that she can set him free by making him happy. No joke. The rest of this is one page. Uh, Belle falls asleep and wakes up, amuses herself by exploring the castle, then goes to dinner where the beast asks her to marry him. She says no and goes to bed, wakes up, looks at birds, goes to dinner and whoop, marriage proposal. <laughs> this goes on for some time. Such a long time. One night, Beauty is all sad about her father. Upon explaining this to the beast, he explodes, calling her heartless for wanting to leave him alone in the castle so she can, you know, be with her family. She asks for two months of leave, which he agrees to. I wish my work had given me two months of leave. 
Uh, he gives her a magical transportation ring and then loads her with guilt about uh, if about how if she doesn't return, like she promised, her faithful beast will die. Doesn't sound like she'd be too upset about that at this point in time. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> My captor's going to die. <laughs> Beauty overstays her two months back at home and she dreams that she finds the beast near dead in a cave. Running to his side, he exclaims, he exclaims see what happens when you don't keep your promises. That's a that's a real uh, that's a real way to. <laughs> There's prove so a point. much gaslighting in this book. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever um, did you ever watch Arrested Development? Uh yeah, not all the way through, but yeah. It just reminds me of all the lessons that they try to do. It's like that's why you always leave a note. <laughs> So uh, she returns for real, and sure enough, there he is, nearly dead. Naturally, she decides now she's in love with him. He comes back to life, and she agrees to marry him. Fireworks explode to form the words, Long live the prince and his bride. And hey, presto, he's a man now. A queen appears out of fucking nowhere to bless the wedding. (laughs) The siblings show up to the wedding the next day, and they all live happily ever after. The end. Fun. Not a lot happens no like- <laughs> no and yet the the uh the the bones are there like th- th- this isn't like what was it sleeping beauty or something where it was oh, like yeah. oh jesus what well, how is this related at <laughs> then all then he got the in and we got? raped her yeah, and yeah, then the her babies birthed and themselves yeah, and yeah, yeah. All that stuff that was um, a weird book you can actually see the bones of the the movie in that original story so yeah i guess it makes sense but fuck yeah so i remember hearing a great um quote from alan menken who said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that Howard Ashman came up with the idea Mm. of the enchanted objects. So the enchanted objects actually appeared in a 1946 French version, um, a film, but they didn't have any personalities. They were just kind of like, this enchanted objects. So they're just wandering around doing their thing. Yeah, Yeah, whereas Howard Ashman was like, let's make them proper characters and incorporate Mm. them. Otherwise, this is a story about two people having dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is basically all that book is. She explores the castle, they have dinner. He says, will you marry me? She says no. And then you do that like five times in a row. (laughs) Yeah, great move. Like it's it's just such a fun element of this movie is all the different – all the different characters that are objects in the castle and all the different personalities and all that sort of stuff. It mm. is a very fun aspect. What I thought was the most interesting omission, well, not omission, she wrote it, Yeah. Um, was the rose. Yeah. There's okay. no magical rose. I don't know how he yeah. knows he's going to die. Oh, I just, um, I get the feeling stories weren't that well written in 1740. but Yeah, mm. but yeah, he's just like, I'm a die now. Bye. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so no rose. Yeah, interesting. Um. So... Where we are in time, back in the 30s, 40s, Walt Disney considered to make this after Snow White because it was so successful. I feel like that's every film now that I bring up is like, Walt was thinking about doing this. Um, (laughs) They attempted to make this film in the the 30s and the 50s. So there were drafts in the archives of Beauty and the Beast from the 1930s and the 1950s, which is quite interesting. Yeah. so basically they decide in the 80s they're going to make this film. During the production of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yeah. they ask Richard Williams, who's the director of that film, to direct this one, and he says no. Yeah. So they give it to this guy, Richard Purdom. Unfilled Just scroll. unfollowing my scrolls. <laughs> so Richard Purdom is like, yep, I'll do it, and he asks this woman named Linda Wolverton to write a script, mm-hmm. but he says, I don't want it to be a musical. 
Now, this mm. is the first time ever in Disney history yeah. that a film is going to be written as a script and not a storyboard. Right. Okay. They storyboarded it later. Yeah. But at this point in time, he's like, cool, write me a script, not a musical. Go. Right. And so basically they get the script, then they storyboard it, and Katzenberg's like, this is shit, yeah. you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like they just hit, you know, gold yeah. and with Mermaid and then he's like, oh, we don't, we don't need music. It is interesting because like Little Mermaid was so successful and then Rescuers Down Under was not from my understanding no. and that wasn't a musical. And so, yeah, it seems like a weird choice to double it, double down and back it up with uh, another non-musical. Yeah, I guess like at the time Mermaid may not have come out yet when this was being right. discussed. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know, the most successful ones have been musicals. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's why they're making Mermaid a musical. Why, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, okay. So then they go to Musker and Clements, who mm. directed um, and wrote The Little Mermaid. Yep. They say, do you want to direct Beauty and the Beast? And mm. they say, nope, we're still getting over The Little Mermaid. We need a break. We don't want it. <laughs> so basically Big no one wanted this film. Yeah, <laughs> far out. Yeah, so uh, it ended up going to two new guys mm-hmm. named Kirk Wise and Gary Trustale. Yep, I'm going to say that's how you say his name. So we've got two newbies in the in the mode and they're like, yeah, cool, we'll make it a musical, we'll storyboard it, let's do it properly. Yeah. Um, at this time, Aladdin is being made. Oh. So Ashman and Menken are writing songs for Aladdin. Okay. And after that director's chucked out, Katzenberg says, I want you guys to do the music for Beauty and the Beast yeah. as well. Okay. Aladdin's going to come later, yeah. do Beauty and the Beast now. Right. So Aladdin's put on hold and Beauty and the Beast comes in. At one point, they're writing The Little Mermaid, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast all at the same time. I can't even comprehend yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, I know nothing about writing music, but it feels like even writing two or three stories at once would be difficult. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. and it, it's funny because... They're all obviously written by the same people. Mm. They all have the same feel, yet you don't go, this sounds like a little mermaid. No, they are vastly different still. Yeah, this is so much darker, more dramatic. Yeah. But you can feel it's that, I don't know, it's something about the way that Mencken scores. He's got a signature, I think, that you can sort of feel in most of his work. But I think, yeah, like if I'm just sort of talking broadly, I think this is probably one of his best. Um, not to throw shade on anything mm. else, but this is pretty stunning. This is stunning. I, I think it's one of his best. Yeah. Not his best in my opinion. Okay. But definitely one of. Yeah. So where this starts getting quite tragic. So The Little Mermaid wins for best um, best song mm-hmm. and, and best score, question mark? Yes. Mm. Best original score and best song. Mm-hmm. Menken and Ashman collect the award. Uh-huh. After the award ceremony, Howard Ashman says, I need to talk to you about something. Oh, shit. So a couple of days later, they catch up and he says, I've got AIDS. Yeah. I'm dying. Fuck. And what hadn't – he? nobody knew because Howard Ashman was covering it up with every excuse possible. He was saying he'd had all, he had all these, like, I've got a cold or I've got yeah. this minor illness, I've got this minor illness – and Menken describes like sometimes, you know, he'd have a drip, but he'd just say, oh, I've got this. Like he always pretended it was something else and everyone believed him. Yeah. And basically 
they have to tell the heads of Disney that he's too unwell to travel and he was currently staying in New York City. Yeah. And the production for this was happening in London. Right, yeah. With the London team, which happened for um, Little Mermaid. Yeah. And so without saying why, they moved the entire, entire production house to New York City, a few blocks away from Menken's apartment, so that they can all be in the same place. Yeah. And at the time, the animators were like, oh, of course, because, you know, Ashman's king and, you know, he's got the big fancy award now, so we're going there. And they had no idea. It's because, no, he's dying and he can't come to you. You fucking jerks. Yeah, you know. And so that would have been such a horrible realisation when they found out because they weren't weren't thrilled about it, obviously. You know, that's where where they live and that's Mm. their family and stuff. You're going to move for a few months because he was dying. And so... Basically, they they make this film and there are multiple instances where Mencken and Ashman will be writing together mm. and Ashman always carried like a tape recorder, which yeah. were very, very expensive at the time because we're talking early 90s. If you had a Walkman. Yeah, it was a big deal. <laughs> it was a big deal. And he would get really frustrated if they couldn't like make something work mm. and he'd just start screaming profanity and say it's not right and he would throw his Walkman over Ashman's head and smash it on the wall and say don't touch it and Menken would leave the room yeah. and cry because he didn't he didn't know right yeah. and eventually um he got so unwell that they would get to where they were rehearsing and they rehearsed in like sort of like a Broadway-esque rehearsal space. Mm. And if you've ever seen any behind the scenes of like rehearsals, often it stairs for days to yeah. get up there. They're very, very old buildings, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them still don't have lifts. Yeah. And um, Ashman recalls being at the top of the stairs and looking down and Howard was just at the bottom, absolutely exhausted. Mm. And he'd finally make his way up and he'd be near death and he'd make some joke about suing whoever built the building and yeah. then crack a smile and walk in and be like, hey, guys, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that would have been an extremely difficult process to be aware of that whilst the whole cast has no idea. Yeah. So the movie um, is about to open and Disney decides it's going to throw this massive parade. Mm. It's going to be merchandise everywhere. And they have a parade down one of the main streets of New York. Yeah. And it's a huge, huge success and the buzz is amazing. They go to the hospital to tell Howard Ashman all about it and he's passed away. And his wife says to them, open his shirt, uh, like his hospital shirt, and they open it up and he's wearing a Beauty and the Beast T-shirt. And um, someone said to him, and I can't remember who it was, someone said to him, I cannot believe that The Little Mermaid has been such a success. Yeah. Who would have thought? And he said, I would. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just like it's so unfair. Mm. So he never I, – I, he would have seen pre previews of this, yeah. Yeah. but he never got to see what kind of legacy mm. would be left by – the Little Mermaid mm. and this film, you know, he saw Little Mermaid was successful, you know, to know it became a Broadway musical. Beauty yeah. and the Beast became a Broadway musical. Aladdin became a Broadway musical, even though not a lot of his work is left in Aladdin. We'll talk yeah. about that when we get there. But, um, yeah, the, this was the 
this was the loss. And that's why there's a massive dedication to him mm. at the start, which is gave a beast his soul and the mermaid his vo- her voice, mm. which I think is so beautiful. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very sad and it still gets me so upset when I think about it. Mm. But, yeah, so this is the end of the Howard Ashman Alan Menken partnership, despite yeah. the fact we're only two movies in, excluding yeah. their other works prior to this. It is funny because they're so prolific. And yeah. And maybe that's because Menken kept working and obviously they are associated as being together. So in a way, his continued to work has kept Ashman's memory alive. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's very sad. You can only imagine the the gravitas of the responsibility of replacing him mm. because he was he's responsible for so many amazing things that happened in these two films and changing the trajectory of Disney animation. Yeah. In addition to that, his incredible work with lyrics to have to come in and be the new Howard Ashman on yeah. Aladdin and moving forward. And then even further than that, when Beauty and the Beast went to Broadway, Aladdin went to Broadway, Little Mermaid went to Broadway, and someone had to write additional right. songs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job. I think the additional songs in all three of those films yeah. are quite yeah. good. Aladdin's particularly interesting because they used a lot of the cut songs Which, in the yeah, musical. Well, so there's a lot yeah. more of Ashman's work in the musical. Yeah. But with um, Beauty and the Beast and uh, Little Mermaid, mm. I think it's pretty seamless. What it is, done. yeah. No, it's incredible, and I think a lot of that comes down to the incredible foundation that they worked on. So, if you don't have anything else to talk about, why don't we take a quick break and then talk about the songs? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll be back in just a minute, guys. Woo! Hey guys, Will here from Stackers and Will, just uh, bringing you another ad read. I know you love them. Uh, if you guys, firstly, we want to thank all of our Patreons for their continued support. Um, we couldn't make the show without you guys. Really, really, we couldn't. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to join us on Patreon, you can at uh, dissecting, uh, no, that's patreon.com slash dissecting Disney, where you can find some cool stuff. We've got some bonus episodes coming up, some exciting bonus episodes. If you are into musicals, you might be particularly excited by Little Shop of Horrors, which will be out shortly. Um, uh, Stackers is going to be in a cabaret called Life According to the Mouse, which is going to be on when, Stackers? April 25 to April 31st. In Melbourne. So if you happen to be in Melbourne, April 25th to 31st, you can find tickets to that at thebutterflyclub.com. Will is appearing, that's me, I am <laughs> appearing in uh, a production of Les Miserables where I play the 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 role of Javit. Um, Javit, Javit the cop made famous by Russell Crowe. <laughs> uh, you can find information for that on... Uh, at uh, carolikeatheatre.com, I think it is, or just carolikeatheatre.com.au. Let's get back to it, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, let's get into it. I am so excited to talk about these songs. Let's get into the songs. So let's get stuck into it with Belle. Like the one before Little town 
Calloway, who was a Broadway superstar, mm. auditioned for this role yep. and did not get it. She won a bell. She yep. didn't get it. Uh, instead, they gave her some work in the ensemble. So that's her going, good day. Good day. <laughs> She's also one of the um, silly girls. Ah, uh, yes. That's it. The girls. And uh, we may start a game of where's Liz Calloway because yeah. this happens a number of times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Liz Calloway, is she the one that sings, like, is the singing voice for Anastasia? Yes, she that? is. Yeah, so she's just iconic all around. Yeah, and, but and at this Pocahontas point she was like, I want a job. No, not Pocahontas. Not Pocahontas? Mm-mm, okay, because I seem to remember there was something there. But that's uh, we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, Pocahontas. Thanks for playing Where Is Liz Calloway. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this song is a masterpiece. A masterpiece. And as a result, I fucking rated it flat fives. Wow! Ding, 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 ding! I did not. Oh, no! Uh, yeah, okay. I was very close. Yep. But I noticed something I couldn't unsee. Okay. So I've given it fives for everything except animation. I've given 4.5. Okay. The reason being, I stopped watching Belle. And I started looking at all the characters behind her. Yeah. There's a lot of strange things happening. There's a couple of moments, and I will I'll agree with you there. I probably won't change my score, but I'll agree with you. There's a couple of moments where even like background scenery, considering how beautiful it is at the start, it's very bland. It's almost like they've just got it on a yellow piece of paper or something. There's a lot of people not moving yeah. or kind of... Just floating. There's a lot of weird things happening. I couldn't unsee it. Okay. I had to take 0.5 off. Respect it. But this is a masterpiece. This is an operetta. This is the opening of an operetta. Yeah. This is, what, seven and a half minutes long or something? It's something obscenely long for an opening number of a Disney movie. It's so musical theatre. It's like what we expect from an opening song of musical theatre. 100%. It's incredible. You meet the protagonist. Yep. You understand what she wants. Yep. You meet the villain. Yep. You understand what he wants. Yep. You meet the sidekick. You understand his relationship to the villain. Yep. You understand where she lives, mm. what the people are like, yeah. what they think of her. Yeah. All in one song. Yeah. One song. Yeah. Tim did point out. <laughs> he goes, she's borrowing a book. I said, yeah. yeah. He goes, she just walked into the bookseller. I was like, what? Uh, I went back. No. Bookseller. <laughs> okay. And then he gives her a book for, for free. free. And Tim's yeah. like. Pretty unsuccessful bookseller there. <laughs> it's a pretty small village. Uh, he probably isn't selling a lot of books. How is he still in business? Yeah. <laughs> Terrible business model. Uh, do not recommend. The tax office would be very wise to look it's at him. never, ever occurred to me. She says, I'm off to the bookshop. Yeah. And then she goes to the bookseller and borrows a book. Yeah, I just always assumed it was a library, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Never, it's never occurred to me that doesn't make any sense. There you go. Um, yeah, but it is. It's a stunning, stunning song. And the 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 sort of sweeping, oh, isn't this amazing, which reappears later, oh. is just so beautiful. Um, it's actually magical. And mm. it's one of the big difference between her, Paige O'Hara, and Emma Watson. Mm. That iconic scene on the fountain 
which this bit. You can hear her smile. Yeah. You can hear the joy mm. and delight in mm. that this is Menken's work, uh, yeah. Ashman's work. You can hear how happy she is. Yeah. And in the Emma Watson version. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and we heard in last episode about, you know, we heard some clips of him like coaching Jody yeah. Benson. You can assume he was doing the same for Paige O'Hara as well, yeah. which is why it's just so rich and deep and meaningful. And and I just was so full of joy the entire time anyone was singing in this movie, but um, particularly during this song. I just think it's so funny. And I had to include that, that I need six eggs, which has like become I a meme in itself. Six eggs. I'll never forget um, the day my mum yeah. messaged me. <laughs> I need six eggs. And I responded, that's too expensive. And it made my life. It made my life. My mum had no idea what I was talking about. And yeah. I started sending her all like little gifts of that, that woman with the babies. <laughs> I remember during lockdown, it was like um, before, bef- it was one of those like before and after things. It was before COVID. And then it was like someone at the gym and it was like after COVID, I need six eggs. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. And it's just so clever. The whole bonjour, how is your wife? It's it's so funny. It's so, it's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. One of the, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, as soon as you hear Richard White's beautiful baritone, just cut right from the moment that I met her. Oh, so good. <laughs> so but good. Interesting, I noticed that, and this is a trend, I suppose, from the last couple of movies, is that this movie's got a bit of violence in it as well. Like, they shoot the duck. with him shooting a duck, and the duck is dead. Mm. And then later on, you know, spoiler territory, if you somehow haven't seen Beauty and the Beast, he stabs the the beast, and there is blood, and uh-huh. then he gets thrown off this thing. It's ve- like it's very violent. Appealing to the boys. And Woo! it worked. It, that's actually one of the memories that sticks in my mind from the stage show is watching Hugh Jackman get thrown off this uh, yeah. tower, and it was just so like he just disappeared into this smoke. I was like, oh, yeah, is he dead? I- I remember that so well. <laughs> the thing the with thing, the, the stuff and the, and stuff. the lights and the smoke. I like theatre. <laughs> this isn't uh, Angie's anecdotes, which we'll get to later, but she did have an iconic line during this scene and it was, is this the most cleavage we've had in a Disney film so far? Oh, my God, the girls. The not just the girls, girls everyone. <laughs> there is tits akimbo. <laughs> I think my favourite bit of animation is the woman trying on the hat. And then she takes yeah, off the hat and a wig comes with it. Off. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. It's all very, very clever. It's very clever. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's Belle. That's Belle. Now, I don't know if you rated the reprise. I did rate the reprise. And so did I. No, sir, not me. I guarantee it. I want much more than this provincial life. In the great white somewhere, I wanted more than I can tell. I just think that moment, that swell oh. towards that, and the way she sings that. The sound which, of music moment. It's just so good. So good. So good. So good. And that's why I rated it flat fives. <laughs> I gave it 
fall for animation. Because <laughs> I've got Tim in my ear yeah. going, is that the best well, animation? Maybe I need to have Tim on speakerphone yeah. <laughs> as I'm rating these because songs. Because he knew I'd give this whole film flat fives. Like, <laughs> Look, I get it. There's not as much happening in Belle. There's not as much, you know, there's more interesting things happening in other songs. But the the the, oh, the sort of the sunrise and the, the scenery is just... So stunning. And the, the build towards that moment, I was just, I was, I didn't cry in this movie, but I was brought to like, you know, that sort of, that tightness of the chest where you sort of go <gasps> so many <laughs> times. And this was one of them when she's running towards that horizon. I was and like, the strings. Yeah. And, yeah. Ah, it's so sound of music. You can tell they've ripped it straight out. They went, see that thing that Julie Andrews yeah, does? Do that. Do that. Do, do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. It bloody it works. It does. Again, when Emma Watson does it, Somehow, don't feel the same thing. Don't just doesn't. yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's uh, it, uh, yeah, it's lame. It's also the same when you see it live. Yeah, there's no hill. You're yeah. just like you want the hill, man. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. And it is. It's that visual, that like really wide shot of her running up towards this like lookout, and just ah, oh, it's. And then the sudden change to the concern for her dad because the the horse just comes back suddenly and then we're into the action. We're yeah, off. We're, 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 off. we're off. This is such a well done movie. It is. I didn't realise there's a lot of these movies where the underscoring became songs in the Broadway musical and I'm oh. very aware of it in like The Lion King but yeah. I think it's because I'm really familiar with both of those, the movie and the mm. um, stage show. When she sees her father, mm. you hear No Matter What from the Broadway oh, musical okay. which I... Would never have thought that yeah. song's in the movie. It is. That's it's very like, clever. Do, 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 do. I was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, yeah. oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> I feel so smart. <laughs> no, we're not odd, it's true. No family could be saner except one uncle who, well, maybe let that pass. So then we sort of move right along. Uh, Belle goes to the castle. She's captured by the beast. And we come back to the town and we get uh, this wonderful song. No one's been like Gaston, a king been like Gaston. No one's got a swell cleft in his chin like Gaston. As a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating. I want a guy like Gaston. If I harass, if well, if hits. Gaston is the best and the rest is all to rips. It's a great song. Great. Uh, great song. You gave it flat fives. I did not. Oh, okay. I did not. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I just, I, I could listen to Richard White all day. Like, yeah. for me, that. Yeah. But the lyrics in this song is, are so clever as I well. I use Angela's in all of my, my decorating. It's so brilliant. funny. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And this raises an interesting point. Does Gaston own the tavern? No, I don't think so. Was that a tavern they were in, or was that his? It was house? a tavern. It was a tavern. So he's just—he's just king shit. Like. He's just that—that that, you know. Oh yeah, he incel who did. walks in and goes, "This is my wall now." Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. Mm. I like to think he owns the tavern. Maybe he's a businessman instead of just a. Sex or he pest. shot the owner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you give it? Uh, okay, so I gave it a five for both music and lyrics, as it should be. I gave it a four for animation. Mm-hmm. I gave it a five for contribution. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a four for cake. The only reason I marked it lower on cake is because the lyrics are so clever that I 
do not remember them all. Yeah. I wish I could. because I feel like I do. It's one of those songs where you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's it. And it, you do, you could just do that. Gaston! Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. So clever. I gave it a five for music and lyrics. Yep. A five for animation. I love when he lifts up the chair, the bench with the girls on it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, I gave it a three for contribution. Mm-hmm. I had, interestingly, I had Tim doing scores. Yeah. And he was like, zero for contribution. I was like, why? And he goes, what did we learn from this song? And I was like. That's a good point. I said, I think it, um, it, I think it says a lot about Gaston, the way the town feels about Gaston. It's the reason we get the mob song later. Because he's got the whole town on side with him. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of, we hear why. Because he's just the best at this and he's the best at that and best at this. Yeah. but beyond that, hmm. I was like, "That is a very interesting point." Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Okay, I guess." So I gave it a three because I, I feel like I would miss it, but would it be detrimental to the story? I'm not a hundred percent. We needed something to show he's the kingpin in town because we didn't get yeah. that from. We certainly didn't get it from the opening number. They all yeah. ignore his no, name completely. That's it. He's in the back. <laughs> yeah, so it does serve a purpose there, but yeah, yeah. I guess hmm. yeah. It it does sort of show a bit more the depths of his self obsession, mm. and a li- it does sort of build him up to be the per- type of person that would then bribe uh, someone who works in a, a an asylum to come and take yeah. away the dad. Like it, it, it. And why is he the leader of the mob? It's kind of like yeah. all because of that song. Because if that, that was song. missing, yeah, you'd have that problem of why they're following him. Yeah. So no, interesting point though. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I've given it a three there and I gave it a four for cake as well for the same reason. Lovely, lovely. Then we get a very funny reprise. Look who I'm afraid I've been thinking. A dangerous pastime. I know, but that wacky old coot is Belle's father and his sanity's only so-so. Now the wheels in my head have been turning since I looked at that loony old man. See, I promised myself I'd be married to Belle, and right now I'm evolving a plan. So that's uh, that's the reprise. <laughs> Tim goes, this. Say, so this tells us something. Yeah. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> uh... No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Really? No, 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 no. Um, I rated it five at music and lyrics again. I think it's very funny. It's mm-hmm. very clever. Um, I gave it a three for animation, mm-hmm. a four for contribution, mm-hmm. and a five for cake. I Interesting. We're very split here. I gave it a five for music, a four for lyrics. Uh-huh. I think the first half of this is really good and then it goes back into the to reprising. The yeah, yeah. I don't like that as much as I did in the first one lyrically, yep. so yep. I was like, have four. Fair. Gave it three and a half for animation, four for contribution yep. and two for cake because I remember that first bit. I have no, I could not sing a single lyric of that bit oh, that comes after it. I think it is it. so funny. When it goes back into no one, yeah. I've got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole... I've been thinking a dangerous pastime. I, I know. know. <laughs> it's so funny. Brilliant. Oh, good God. Um, so then we get to the, we, we spend some time in the castle and uh, Belle doesn't want to see the beast, but she does get hungry and they decide to feed her and welcome her to the castle with Be Our Guest. Be. Be. Our. Guest. Be. 
be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot or d'oeuvre, why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, miss, this is France. And a dinner here is never second best. Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be our guest. We our guest, be our guest. That's so good. The gray stuff, it's delicious. It never looks delicious, though. It just sounds so gross. This song, interestingly, was originally sung to Maurice. Really? In the original okay, run-ups. Right, this yeah. happened when Maurice got there. They did be our guest. Smarter choice to make it to Bell. To just push it a little yeah. bit further in. Yeah. Um, flat, flat fives. fives. Yes. <laughs> I knew we'd get one. Yes. <laughs> this was another one where I was like, if Will doesn't. I was so close on that, those first two songs. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, the animation was bugging me. But that, I was just like, that, that's yeah. under the sea level animation that's so good it's amazing the way that all the cutlery's doing like the synchronized swimming and everything (laughs) looks so good like the napkins they look like dresses it's just mm, i always i still laugh when it's snowing and he looks up and it's it's the the salt salt shakers shakers. it's so cute so funny yeah it's so good it's very very clever and then he lands in the jelly i i I adore cogsworth i absolutely adore him yeah and speaking of cogsworth i think um now is a good time to just uh tell you who else was up for these roles oh okay cogsworth was originally offered to john cleese i can see that i can see it yeah Straight up offer. And I think it would work. I think it really would work well. too. Yeah. And I think what um oh, I keep forgetting. Alston David Ogden. Ogden, yeah. I think what he's doing with it is very John Cleesey. Yeah, yeah. A very faulty towersy kind of thing. I think he does an excellent job. Um and I don't wish to replace him at all, but I can very easily see John yeah. Cleese working. Yeah. Um in other roles, Bell, they considered using Jodie Benson again. Okay. But Little Mermaid was too big. Yeah, good choice to change it up a bit. Um, for the Beast, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. Val Kilmer. Hmm. Mandy Patinkin. Oh, all really interesting choices. I would love the shit out of Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, I just I can't imagine Mandy Patinkin in that role. I may get burned for this. I don't love the voice acting of the Beast. Really? And I think it's the weakest aspect of the movie. Really? In terms of performance, I think his his voice acting is the weakest aspect, particularly when he's back as a human. It's just so naff and early it's, 90s. It's me. Yeah. But he does sound young. Yeah. But, like, Angie was sort of, uh, like, we had an interesting discussion and she said, is he attractive? I don't I don't get it and i was like he looks like fabio yeah he does does have that very i can't believe it's not butter (laughs) that very early 90s like days of our lives he looks a lot like um john smith in pocahontas as well yeah he does similar so it's just a it's a look i think that the early 90s had the white um, shirt blonde hair blue eyes the the hairless chest that's open and all it's all sweeping in the wind (laughs) um yeah, but yeah, so I, I really, I think any of those choices could have been super interesting. I just, mm. yeah, but maybe that's just because I didn't love his voice as it was. Mm. I, uh, and I really like him with that whole like, will you come to dinner? Mm. That stuff is all very fun. 
This is yeah, why yeah. I was I wasn't surprised when I saw they got a nomination for best sound design because I think the way they've done the beast mm. and when they've put in those animal roars and stuff, it was yeah. perfect. It works really the way well. they've done that, really, really well. Yeah. Um, and the, all the change with like sound perspective when they're taking her through the the castle. I think the sound design in this film is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. All the echoing and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really, it's really stunning. well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mrs. Potts. Can you think of anybody else that could play this role? One of the Golden Girls? No. No? Think, think um, Queen. Queen of musical theatre cinema. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Okay. You can see it. Ooh, Taylor's oldest time. I can absolutely see it. I think Angela Lansbury is incredible. She kills it. She didn't want to sing it. She didn't think she could sing it. I think she does such a good job. Two takes. Done. Such a good job. Absolutely done. Two takes is incredible. Yeah. So, it's just so yeah. motherly, mm. warm. Like Julie Andrews would sing it beautifully, but yeah. there's something about Angela Lansbury not being a really clean singer, like ever just yeah. the same, you know, yeah. that – uh, it, it's just there's something something about it yeah. you just love, and I, I do love Emma Thompson in the um, yeah, yeah, in the live action as well. I still love Jul, um, Julie Andrews, Angela Lansbury's singing more, mm, yeah. but yeah, there's just something about that. I can I can definitely see it as Julie Andrews. It's the only one of the of these choices that you said that I'm not super interested in because I can see it and it would work, but I just love Angela Lansbury so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's got that like lower class Cockney thing yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, Very Sweeney Todd. And it's like, a, I can't think of how to describe it, but it's almost like her voice is a little in its little in its tightness almost. There is mm. something interesting there. And like you said, it's not perfect. Mm. It, There's nothing grandiose about no, it. No. But because of that, it's just so beautiful. But mm. obviously we're coming to that song. But um, yeah. first we have something there. She glanced this way, I thought I saw And when we touched she didn't shudder at my paw No, it can't be, I'll just ignore But then she's never looked at me that way before This is an interesting movie because the two leads, romantic leads, never sing together yeah, and the, I mean, the Beast doesn't really sing at all in That's this. the only time he sings. It's the only time he sings, which is why I wanted to include that particular section. And I'm aware Eric doesn't sing, now I think about it. Yeah. But they, they don't get together till the end of the film and she doesn't have a voice. Like, mm. this is a bit different. And this entire song is in a monologue. They don't actually sing it. Yeah, yeah. And the, the side characters are sort of singing it a little bit. There's something well, there that wasn't there before. What's there, mama? I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> Beast dick. That's what she's coming to say. Chip, remember when I told you that I'll tell you something when you're older? It was a big hairy beast dick. Okay. Uh, I <laughs> this this scores were in Tim's handwriting, so I don't know if I scored this or he did. Yeah, yeah. Five for music, four for lyrics. Okay. Five for animation. He goes. You know when the beast makes that gigantic yeah, boulder yeah, 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 yeah. and he drops if it. If he threw that, head. she would die. She would be dead. <laughs> I was concerned when he was scooping it up. I'm like, oh shit, what's gonna happen here? 
Oh, shit. Uh, four for contribution mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and three for cake. Yeah, okay. Um, I, a little bit, a little bit uh, harsher than you. So I gave it a four for music and a three for lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a four for animation, a three for contribution and a four for cake. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good and it serves its purpose, but in comparing it to everything else, it is definitely the weakest song. I feel. Yeah. In the movie. I think it's a tie between that and one other. but Maybe the Gaston reprise. I don't know. I was going to send the mob song. Oh, really? I was like, it's all right. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's just very forgettable for me. We, again, it's a We haven't song. come to that score yet. Score yet so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> then again, you thought it was nominated for best song well, at the Oscars. I just think it – oh, no. You know what? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, but this does bring us to our very first and only – Songs from the Cutting Room, Songs from the Cutting Room, Songs from the Cutting Room. Song, so uh, originally there was a song written for the um, side characters. You know, I say side characters, but really they're supporting, I guess. Um, Lumiere, Cogsworth, all those to be singing about what it was going to be like when they are human again. Yeah. So when I was watching this film, yeah. and I've watched this film many, many times, mm, I mm. think I could almost recite the entire script. I've watched it that many times. Yeah. Something there finishes. And, you know, what's there, mama? What's there, mama? Off to bed with you now with yeah. your brothers and sisters. What? Closes the door. Be stick. Yeah. Then Cogsworth jumps onto like the bottom of the stairs and has like a meeting mm. with the various appliances of the house. And I was like, um. <laughs> What's this scene? What's happening? And because when we watched it on Disney Plus, it started glitching out. Like the frame rate, there was something real whack. And yeah, it was just yeah. sort of like stuttering. Yeah. And I, I was like, we cannot watch it like this. Something something weird was going on with Disney Plus. So I went and got the DVD. Mm. And I've got some platinum, silver, super special, triple edition, special sticker edition. From the Disney edition, Vault, probably. You know, from the yeah. Vault. And uh, I didn't realise that my special edition included... Human again. Interesting, yeah. Because fully animated. Because you messaged me and said, "Oh, my version had human again in it." I'm like, I have no idea what that song is. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you rated it. Do you want to say what you'd? Rated I did it give as? it a, a rating. We won't include this. No. It. I can see why it's cut. Yeah. It. It starts off really, really fun when we're human again. Only and he's like dancing around with Mrs. Potts or whatever, and Babette's in it, and yeah. Babette is pretty much not in the movie otherwise. Yeah, yeah. However, it goes for five years. Like, yeah. It just keeps. Going. That's yeah. The song ends, but then the music's still going and they start singing again, and you're like, oh my God, get on with it. Because we obviously have to have pretty short segments to play on this podcast, but I was struggling to find one in this in this fucking song because it goes it forever. It just keeps going. Yeah. So I would have given it two for music, mm-hmm. two for lyrics, four for animation. The animation was really, really yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. One for contribution and one for cake. Like okay, I just yeah, did, yeah. did not. I got the sentiment. Yeah. Yay, we're going to be human again. Let's reminisce. Oh my god, it was just a cut, and I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might have to look it up because uh, was that in the? Did they make it into the musical? 
Yes, it's it, the it, so it's in the musical. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to look up that segment on uh, YouTube or something because I'd be interested to see what it looks like. Yeah, it looks great, but it just yeah. <laughs> you're like, has it not ended yet? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mini scene in the middle, and I was like. This still isn't. Mm. Oh, because Belle and the Beast, like she teaches him to read Yeah, okay. in the middle of it yeah. and then the song keeps going. And I was right, like, okay. when do we get back to the actual movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she had to teach him to read because he was five when the, uh, the witch came along. <laughs> it does raise an interesting point though because I was just thinking about it when you were talking about it then. How, do you, how did the enchantment decide what kind of appliance you were going to become? I don't get why everyone got punished. Like I'm yeah. sure a lot of them were treated quite poorly yeah. given his attitude. But imagine becoming a plate. Or a or toilet. Something. Or a toilet. <laughs> Is someone oh a toilet? Oh, God. Um, yeah. Like what you? Some of it makes sense. Plate. You know, like um, Babette was like the maid, so she had a duster and she was yeah. cleaning. Mrs. Potts is like the housekeeper, so yeah. she brings in the tea and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, which, who becomes a fork? A fork. <laughs> who becomes a, a, a bedroll? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, ah, the many questions. Is the of chamber magic. pot a person? You know, I have yeah. lots of questions yeah. about this. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was the nicest person, so it's even crueler. <laughs> They're just like, why? <laughs> Yeah, oh. there's just just a lot of questions this film mm. raises. And again, where are the actual plates and forks? Yeah, yeah. What do what do they actually eat with when they're eating that soup? <laughs> yeah. Is that person just like putting up with it, yeah. or is it an actual? Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, their wedding like. Uh, Registry would have looked like nuts because they are literally replacing (laughs) everything. everything. Hello, Queen of Bavaria. Can you please get us 400 (laughs) pieces of spoonware? Serviettes. We need serviettes. (laughs) It's a wedding. BYO everything. Yeah. Yeah. You want to eat? Serviette. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine. Oh, were you in that enchanted castle? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. were, what, were, what were you? Oh, oh, uh, Serviette. <laughs> oh, were you like the cool, uh, the cool candle, the candle, the candle guy, right? Yeah. You're the candle guy. No. Oh, you're the you're the clock man. Yeah, yeah you, you had the clock. You're the important <laughs> clock guy. No, no. Who are you? I was a, I was a, a champagne glass <laughs> that never got used. <laughs> I always like laugh. I've seen this live. I've seen a few community productions of this, yeah, and I yeah. always laugh at the forks for some reason. I'm just like, <laughs> if I wasn't going to be Belle or Mrs. Potts, I'd want to be a dancing yeah, fork. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the best one. <laughs> I want to be a plate yeah. with this massive thing behind. No, just no give me a one fork. Wants to be a fucking two meter diameter <laughs> plate. And the knife just looks like a penis. Just hand yeah, me the fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 but anyway, getting back to it, we come to uh, a stunning song, which we've already kind of wax lyrical about, so I'll just get straight into it. Taylor's oldest time True as it can be Barely even friends Then somebody bends Unexpectedly I um during lockdown 2020 
we took I don't know if you're involved with the Beauty and the Beast one, but we took part in musical Mugwumps, which was like a sort of I live wasn't streamed. I did the music for it, but I wasn't in it. Yeah, which was like a live streamed sort of um, community. We'd get together and we'd perform a show and it would uh, it would go to, to Facebook or something. And um, we did Beauty and the Beast and I, I got to sing this song with my little ukulele. Um, which uh, is just probably one of the highlights of twenty twenty really. It's a, it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. it can be barely even friends when somebody bends unexpectedly just a little change small to say the least both a little scared neither one prepared beauty and the beast and as i've already sort of again i've already sort of glowed about it already the the animation of this is just stunning. <sighs> it's breathtaking and it is you hear a lot about bad cgi particularly in the late 80s early 90s mm. when it's all very new and you see all these horrible clips of like you know f- sci-fi or fantasy or horror movies that try and use this stuff effectively and it does not work i had to rewind this because angie wasn't paying attention um she was looking at her phone or something and i was like i have to we have to go back and watch this because i need you to just appreciate how good this looks and it does. It's just there's a particular shot when it comes down from the chandelier, yep. and there's the columns, and they're dancing, and the reflection in the floor, and it's just, it's a breathtaking scene. It's so good. It's so good. Which is why I gave it flat five. Flat five. Fuck yes. Actually, I definitely didn't write this because this says. Stacy is crying equals flat fives. <laughs> I just put my head on Tim's shoulder and wept my way yeah. through this. <laughs> yeah. And this is another one of those moments where I just, I, I had to take a second to breathe because it's just so good. It just gets me. I see that dress and I'm gone. And yeah. I think of when I did my Deb. Yeah. And I was dancing. My partner's name was Joel. Yeah. And he knew I was obsessed with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So we'd always just practice that thing where you roll in and come out the other side and yeah. then roll in and come yeah. out the other side and your dress swishes around you. He knew I was obsessed with it and he used to do it with me all the time because yeah. all I wanted to do was that move from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it's it's so stunning and it's, it's iconic. The dress is iconic. Yep. But like... It's easy to say this because she's a cartoon and you can just draw her as pretty as you want, but she looks beautiful in it. And he looks so good in his suit. And mm. it does. He looks so smart. Yeah, yeah. It's just so good. It's uh, funny looking at the way that this dress has been done on yeah. Broadway. They stuck freaking roses all over it and added all this lace. And I wasn't a fan, was not a fan. And then in um, the theme parks, it's just, it's always the wrong shade of yellow. Yeah. It's yeah. usually too dark. Yeah. Um, and I I knew, I was like, I know it's a cartoon, but somewhere they must be able to redo this. And I have seen, I, I used to stalk cosplayers trying yeah. to find someone who'd done it. Mm. And I have seen a few who have successfully created that 
that dress. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just hate Stop adding flowers to it for crying out loud. Yeah, <laughs> like, it yeah. doesn't need flowers. Like, it's opulent enough as it is. And it's just yeah. opulent enough that it is just stunning. It's a stunning scene. Yeah. A stunning song. The live action did a good job of trying to recreate it, but there's just something something missing. Her dress is pretty, mm. but I don't know. that There's something about that animated sequence that's just yeah. breathtaking. I feel like I remember the live action, and this could just be my memory of it not being correct, but I just feel like everything's a bit more bland in colour. Mm. Like this is so colourful and bright and vibrant and even the dark scenes, they're vibrant and there's mm. like, stunning depth of color and i just feel like i remember the movie being very like blue or gray because it's a lot of it takes place at night and even when they go into paris and stuff like that it's very mm. gray and dark yep i um, agree even the ballroom yeah. scene's quite dark yeah yeah my one of my favorite shots in this is actually when he lifts her up and spins her and you get the skirt that goes past the camera and the camera mm. pans up to the ceiling. Yeah. And you see that nod to like 1930s and 40s animation. Yeah. Where it's just still like the angels move, I think, like three times. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like still frame, still frame, still frame. Yeah. But it's like really old school mm. Disney art on the ceiling. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. It is. It is. Oh, I get tingles thinking about it. I, yeah. love, I love it. Yeah. I think the way they come out of it is really mm. beautiful and – um. There's just no ego about that song. It just kind no. of happens. And no. And that's, that's again, it. I think, the, the perfection of Angela Lansbury singing it. Yeah. And it, it's just, yeah. I could literally sit here and talk about how good that is all night. Yeah. And it's the, it's the point in the movie where I messaged my family and I said, I don't know if you guys have watched this movie recently. It's just so good. Yeah. I feel like it's that sort of like pride I hear in – Angela Lansbury's voice. Like, I feel like she's so proud of what she's watching, yeah. even though, like, yeah. obviously the animation hadn't been done when she recorded it. But I feel like Mrs. Potts is just so proud of the she beast is. in she that is. moment. Yeah. And he's it's got his just, shit together. He's, yeah. he's caring. He's opening up. There's just yeah. something so warm, huggy about it. I yeah. love the soup scene. Yeah. When they come to that. I do. I almost took a point off for animation. I was like, get over it. It's one second. Yeah. When he's trying to eat the porridge and it's all over his beard. Yeah. She's like, we'll lift the bowl and raise it and bring it down together. And his beard's magically clean. Yeah, yeah. But even like, oh my God, the sequence before this when they're trying to get the beard. And he's got ready, all the combs and, and the all the yeah. beard. He's got like the curls beard. Yeah. I look like an idiot <laughs> or whatever he says. You look so stupid. Stupid. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's ah oh, this the ah oh, the whole the whole thing is great the yeah. that sequence getting ready, they the ballroom the dinner mm. the dance coming out when she's sad and he gives her the mirror and sends her home yeah. and oh I don't know how or why or if it's just a thing about this particular movie but I kind of believed it in that moment I was like. He's opening up and she's seeing that and they're in love now. And I don't care if it's only been a day. Yeah. They're in love. <laughs> uh, like I got it. I, I believed it. Yeah. So good. But, yeah, it doesn't all go well. Um, as you said, he shows Belle the mirror. Belle wants to go home and uh, she does. And then we get a confrontation with Gaston and we get this song. Oh, it's time to take some action, boys. It's time to fall. 
mist, through the woods, through the darkness and the shadows. It's a nightmare, but it's one exciting ride. Say a prayer, then we're there at the drawbridge of a castle, and there's something truly terrible inside. It's a beast, he's got fangs, razor sharp ones, massive paws, killer claws for the feast. Hear him roar, see him foam, but we're not coming home till he's dead. Good and dead! Kill the beast! No! Kill the bees. Kill the bees. <laughs> Don't kill the bees. They are integral to life on Earth. I love that through the mist, through oh. the... Oh, it's so low. It's so sexy. Can't do it. He's just got such an incredible bass. So sexy. Fuck him. I would. <laughs> we all would, stack But you have to just keep singing, all right? Yeah. That's the thing. I, don't, I don't know what you look like. I don't care. Just sing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah. not my type, we'll put a bag on your head. Just sing. Yeah. <laughs> but he is a – oh, no, that was the beast you were saying. A the beast box. silver yeah, fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Okay. I rated this song a four for music. And a five for lyrics, mm. a five for animation, mm. a four for contribution, mm. and a three for cake. Mm. Oops. I gave it a five for music mm-hmm. and a four for lyrics, so swapsies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A 3.5 for animation. Mm. I think the fight sequence is brilliant, but I didn't count it as part of this song. Yeah, okay. Um, contribution, I gave it five. I think it's so intense. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Cake, I gave three because, yeah. yeah, I just don't remember it. Apart from the mist, through the woods. <laughs> but it's just such a fun. Exciting time. ride. <laughs> like, and it's cutting back and forth as well. So, like, you're cutting to the castle uh, where, you know, he's just saying things like, oh, I'll let them come and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you're cutting to Chip, who's operating the, the chopping yeah. machine and saves them from the basement. It's just, it's so good. And the fight scene is very fun, but that does come just after the, the song, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it raises an interesting question because there is a, there's a chest that eats a person when they all turn back into oh. humans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because the tongue comes yeah. out. Yeah, and you see that. And it, Why does the chest have a tongue? The but, tongue sort of just goes like, like yeah. it's like it's licking its lips. So when he morphs back into a person, is there a person inside? Has he eaten a person? That's the question. It explodes like alien out yeah. of his stomach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> also, I noticed that Belle calls the prince Beast. In that end segment, she's like, Beast! And he goes, Belle, is she just going to keep calling him Beast for the rest of the life? Does he have to have that conversation with her? He's like, actually, my name is Philip. If you could call me Philip, that would be I was going to say Philip too. Do we yeah. know his name or are we just uh, making it up? I feel like that might have been the name in the live action. Um, if not, it's a, I guess it's a French name. Philippe. Philippe. Philippe's the... Um Print the horse. No. Okay. Yeah, maybe not. It's not Philip. It's very uninspiring. Adam. Adam. Hmm. Actually, uh, my name's Adam. So if you call me Adam, please. And she goes, mm, Adam's not very inspiring. I'm just going to keep calling you Beast. Is ah, this, cool? is, this is interesting. So as a human, he's simply known as pr- the Prince. Mm-hmm. As supervising animator Glenn Keane stated that everyone on the production was too busy to give him a name. <laughs> um, and however, some licensed works such as the trivia video game, The D Show, hmm. which came out in 1998, have named him Prince Adam. Prince Adam. All right. Well, it's not a... I mean, look, my dad's name's Adam, so I can't obviously say anything <laughs> bad about the name Adam, but it doesn't seem very princely. princely. Yeah. 
I like that oh, they well. were too busy. And speaking of too busy, so they ran out of time mm. at the end of this movie. Yeah. So they, the it, I think it's quite a famous one, but they copied and pasted the ballroom sequence from Sleeping Beauty and put it in the end right. of this. yeah, okay. And in Sleeping Beauty, they are dancing and it's almost the same floor. Mm. It's definitely the same people. And if you look... Very quickly, you see there's a woman in like a pointy hat, like from Sleeping oh, Beauty up yeah. the back, she's in green. You can see her. Um, and then Sleeping Beauty goes to clouds, whereas um, yeah. Beauty and the Beast stays on the floor. I but think we the, posted a comparison yeah. back there when we did Sleeping Beauty. But they're exactly the same. They've just changed the characters and then they've added some of the Beauty and the Beast characters up the front. Like you can right. see Lumiere and Pots and stuff. Okay, yeah. But it's because they literally ran out of time before they could yeah. put it out and went, that'll do, just ch- chuck it in. That'll do, Beast. No one will know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the internet. Internet never forgets. Um. And that's it. That's the movie. He turns back into a, a a human. They get married. They live happily ever after with their new cutlery. Um, stunning movie. Ten out of ten. Yeah, highly recommend. Watch Not it again if you haven't. You won't regret it. Good time. Dun 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 dun. That yeah. When it, when he's transforming back yeah. and it goes into that. It's just so uplifting. Yeah. And uh, when there's, there's like lights shooting out of him, I was like, oh, yes. I always got freaked out a little bit and I still do. When the lights shoot out of his feet, yeah. there's something creepy about, I don't know, it looks so uncomfortable yeah. and painful. But also I'm not into feet. Yeah. So. Tarantino, favourite, yeah. favourite sequence. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's Beauty and the Beast from 1991. And now it's time for... Angie's Anecdotes. Uh, Angie gave me this straight up last night. Straight up. We were watching it. Um, the sequence starts and she's, she's just come out with this. So um, obviously it starts off with the story of how the enchantment was brought upon the castle and it starts, you know, this old woman comes to the the door and, and offers him a rose in exchange for a place to stay. And Angie... Uh, referencing the haggard woman very loudly proclaims, oh, fair enough. (laughs) Oh, God, stop showing her. She looks like she's seven Proseccos deep. And then she'd start making the face at me. (laughs) Angie's anecdotes. Seven Proseccos deep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I actually adore that opening animation. It's very, it's very cool. It's very cool. Very, and it, very just, cool. it looks so good. And something that's been copied quite a few times now, Moana really sticks out. Raya and the Last Dragon sticks out. Yeah. Not in stained glass window form, but that whole that idea same, if we'll just tell yeah. it in still picture form. In stylized sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, absolutely stunning. Stunning, stunning. Yeah. Um, yeah, 10 out of 10, recommend. We have two... One, two, two, two. We have two. We have a tie. We have a tie. And they are be, be our, our guest and beauty and, and the beast. beast. Be our 
guest be our guest put our service at the feast tie your napkin around your neck sherry and we provide the rest soup to do hot or do why we only try the gray stuff it's delicious don't believe it oh this hurts then somebody bends unexpectedly I don't know why I did that, but it kind of uh, worked. <laughs> but yeah, any final thoughts on Beauty and the Beast? I love it. I love it. Disney, stop remaking my favorite movies. If you if you're listening to our podcast, but you're not watching these movies along, please do rewatch the Beauty and the Beast. It, uh, <laughs> How it, could you? It holds up. It's so good, and I didn't think it would, but it did. Mm-hmm. And I am so happy that it did. Yeah. yeah. But so our uh, our ranking system, because mm. people have brought this up to me, because people apparently listen to this podcast, and well, thank you. Well, I mean, it's really well, flattering when yeah. when you mention it to us in person. So mm. keep doing that. We love you guys. We do, we do, we love it. Um, we currently have four songs sitting on fifty. Yeah. What are they? Be our guest mm-hmm. and uh, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. and there'll be two from the last movie, which was uh, Under the Sea and um, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, Will and I are very soon going to reveal, we are starting to, vi- to devise mm. a subsidiary scoring system. Yeah. We're running a secondary scoring system because we are aware mm. That eventually we will end up with twenty songs yeah. that were all flat fives, and the answer to what is the best Disney song is "You're an Idiot." Yeah, so the, the, this is the uh, scroll that we yeah. will unfurl. <laughs> so we will be releasing that shortly. So if you're sitting there freaking out, going, "But what is going to be the answer?" Oh my god, we haven't even gotten to the Lion King. Yep. Have no fear, we got you. Yeah, have no fear because we've been freaking out about that for a year. So <laughs> we knew this was coming. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll we'll get there, guys. We'll get there. Let's find out how many f- perfect scores we get first, and then we'll uh, then we'll freak out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll let you know. It's gonna be so good. We'll let it's you know. So good. Um, until next time, stackers. We will catch you at our next episode, which is Aladdin. Aladdin. Until um, then. Unless you're on Patreon, in which case it will be Little, little Shopper Horrors. But if you're a cheapskate and you're listening to it for free, then it will be Aladdin. Aladdin. We love you. Share the no, podcast. No, hey, we love you. We love you all. Um, thank you to our super fans. And, and shout out to Anna from America. Yeah. We, we love you. Yeah. You know. keep, keep sending us stuff. Keep sending us stuff. We love it. We have an overseas fan. We're obsessed. Um, I never thought I would have an overseas fan. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So um, until next time, I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. Bye. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.